You are listening to No PC Allowed, a.k.a. No Political Correctness Allowed. I am Mac Iverson. Bribocracy combines the words bribery with democracy, but the USA should despise both words. First of all, the United States is not a democracy. We're supposed to be a democratically elected constitutional republic. There's a vast difference between the two. All democracies will eventually be made up of squabbling factions. We're close, but we're not quite that yet. We've become many pejoratives now, but perhaps the most honest one is the USA is now a globalist oligarchy, or to be even more precise in terms of function, a globalist bribocracy. In the following moments... I will be discussing how we got here and how to get out as fast as possible. There has been a huge decline in U.S. enforcement of anti-corruption laws. Only Switzerland and the USA even attempts enforcement of them. In 2020, there were $17.13 billion in penalties. It has since plummeted to only $461 million in 2021. That is a massive reduction in enforcement against bona fide corruption. Last year, major banks had knowingly allowed trillions of dollars to be moved around the world by drug cartels and terrorists. Can a bank be bribed with a mere 10 or 20 million dollars out of those trillions? Of course. COVID was not a health crisis. It was a fabricated economic and global corruption crisis. Philippine dictator, so-called President Rodrigo Duterte, warned that the police would shoot people dead who violated COVID mandates. In other words, he owed his big pharma buddies big time. Over $1 billion per year is lost in bribery and fraud and corruption in Britain's NHS National Health Service. We have record-setting amounts of untraceable money in U.S. elections, especially in 2020, twice as much as spent in 2016, twice as much. The official definition of corruption will change. What is and has been lawful will no longer be lawful. This will be greatly defined by the uncharted harms which the victimized public can barely be aware of because our challenges are so new and barely even talked about today due to bribery and corruption in the fourth estate, a.k.a. the drive-by media. But make no mistake, these damning high crimes will indeed be talked about more and more, and especially on this podcast, No PC Allowed. Remember, as late as 1943... Hitler and his cronies were on top of the world. Two short years later, it was all over for them. Obviously, the situation is far worse today because so many sheeple are grossly unaware of our critical national illness. Speaking of Hitler and Stalin and mouse dung, bribery is more than just stuffing an envelope full of cash and surreptitiously pushing it across the table. For example, though the Nazis never attained more than 30%
of the vote at the height of their popularity, Hitler grabbed absolute power due to divisions and inaction among the majority who opposed fascism. Sound familiar? Sounds like our slumbering Christian church and Republican Party quite a bit. In other words, bribery can take many forms. Those being starved of the money supply are the moral law abiders who generally don't even have their hands out to accept any bribes, or the good people of Germany, not the Nazi supporters who were getting their backs enthusiastically scratched. Bribery is a very human problem. It often starts as a simple gesture that almost begs reciprocity. It begins with kindness, which leads to favors, which eventually can lead to you owe me or I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Many cultures have normalized this. But when you add big money to the equation, and when I say big money, I mean George Soros and Bill Gates type big money, then it's a whole new ballgame. When threats of losing your job become systemic reality, then the handshake starts to resemble more of a hand shackle, and your friend becomes your fellow fiend. And the big boys are the recipients, but when the mere cog in the bribery machine lowly worker bees are not, that's when real societal damage has occurred. And that is where we are all right now, not just in the USA, but globally. The ones with the really giant purse strings are in fewer and fewer hands. And this is by design to control a larger and larger number of bribe takers to resemble a pyramid shape with those at the top getting the vast majority of the goodies and those at the bottom getting almost none at all but they also have the most to fear because their very careers are on the line. They have to play or they have to pay dearly. This is criminal corruption. The banshee of financial security should haunt us all. It does not, but it should. Free enterprise is supposed to fix that. So it doesn't mean we should buckle during challenging times. The anecdote to financial fear is a strong, moral, and Christ-based America. Not a silly, wussy, wimpy, easily bought-off, woke, George Soros America. But an America with real character and depth. An America that cannot and will not be bought off, no matter the price. This is our current challenge. One man's silly, massive ego, George Soros, jump-started all this woke crapola with his $32 billion donations, or payoffs to be more precise, to create a world that worships him, or at least his idea of what your life should be. Take a moment to ponder just how utterly insane and totally destructive and really cowardly that all is. Seriously, think about it. Isn't that the end of America? More importantly, are you okay with that? Donations are gifts, are they not? Gifts or donations are the substance of bribery. But you say that would demonize even the most benevolent of charities. Well, consider this. If I were a trillionaire, and I gave a ton of money to even a marginal politicized charity... 
and I did so with no one else on earth financially able to challenge my gifts for an opposing political charity. Would that be fair? Of course not. If it's just done on my whim. Is it legal? Probably yes. But is it right? Even if it were morally right, could the lopsided nature of this politicized gift create problems that could no longer be course-corrected through free and fair elections? Yes. Why? Because my pet cause has been sold and bought. Many people benefit from my donation, but it hurts many others. Because this influence is no longer organic. It is not of the people. It is now of the billionaires. The recipients become corrupted when they accept a gift. Oh, but we're a non-profit organization. But what happens when, hypothetically, $1 trillion goes to cancer research and $0 goes to heart disease research? Everybody starts to die of heart disease. Oh, but those numbers aren't realistic. But they become realistic when one side, for example, George Soros' Open Society Foundation, has leverage to completely overpower the other side. It essentially becomes one trillion to zero, a zero-sum game. This is rather insane. Over $32 billion donated by George Soros to justify his existence. He wants to be the conscious of the world. He said that once. But he needs to repent. He has a God complex. No man can do anything, but all things are possible through God. Now, that Bible verse would be very insulting to George Soros, massive ego. He doesn't deserve what he's won. I say won, not earn. No one individual can earn $1 billion in one day. He won that money by shorting the British pound in one day on September 16, 1992. The British taxpayers paid $27 billion in one day to support the pound, but conceded victory to Soros. $1 billion grows quickly. So the $32 billion is like a bribe for his ailing conscience. I'll pay $32 billion for my pain to go away. He's guilty. He knows he doesn't deserve the money that he's earned. With his so-called open society, he's obsessed with openness because he's so dishonest with himself. Why would anyone who has tons of time and money want an open society? You can be as open as you want to be. It's because he's not open and he's not honest. In psychology, it's called compensation. For Soros, it's a pathology. Who in their right mind would give away $32 billion to an exceptionally reckless and damaging global cause unless he felt guilty? Unless he's really hurting on the inside, desperately trying and failing to fill his moral vacuum, trying to mask some psychic pain, trying to overcome his own extreme dishonesty, I believe. His closed and deceptive approach to manipulating through massive bribes to desperately try and get his way, no matter what. The ends justify the means. 
and I mean any means. But we're not sure. He's an enigma. He wants to be that way to hide himself in his closed, conniving little world. He doesn't want anyone to figure him out, hence his extreme dishonesty. If we figure him out, then the mask comes off, and behind it, well, maybe he's just a clown, with a clown's nose and heavy makeup. So he fears he's not real, even though he desperately wants to be. So there's another mask behind the mask, just another phony, a faker, a scam artist. That's George Soros. The whole idea behind a, quote, open society, unquote, is for him and others like him to desperately try to get their way no matter what. It was just like Al Capone, he would bribe local officials to get his way. And for Capone, it was basically for money and maybe power to some evil drive for power. Most normal people don't really understand truly evil people because we're too busy to be that evil. We can be bad. That's way too easy for anyone and everyone. But to be truly diabolical, like that creepy bald guy stroking the pussycat with the diamond necklace in those James Bond movies, you'd have to have a considerable amount of time and money to feed that level of Machiavellian premeditated and planned evil. That is something entirely different. You'd have to have a network, too, of like-minded evildoers. I'm convinced that is the Davos crowd, the Davos technocrat demons. But normal people don't really get this. We're kind of scratching our heads. Why all this LGBT WTF insanity? What sane person can possibly understand drag queen story hour for innocent children. You have to be evil to understand the appeal of it. Truly, you have to be evil. This is sort of an aside here, but do you know what that is? That is rationalized, systemized, institutionalized almost, child molestation. Drag queen story hour is, it's a bunch of lost and tormented souls who do not yet know that they're evil sexual perverts. They simply rationalize it so that they can get the rocks off legally so that they can avoid prison and feeling guilty. But guilty is all they are. Guilty is all any of us are. Christians get guilty. We understand it, which is good. But the LGBTs think that anything that damages their massive egos is bad. They got it backwards. So it's a sexual turn-on for them. Drag Queen Story Hour is an affliction of the super successful, developed world. It doesn't have to be in the developed world as long as you have the spoiled class with access to lots of money, who are at the very top of the game of life, or so they arrogantly believe. They do this, many of them, because they're bored with the way life has been laid out before them. But you've heard the expression, idle hands are the devil's workshop. So if you're not busying yourself with doing useful things, good things, for example, for your church or your family, then this kind of sick garbage automatically shows up. And a lot of confused people say, well, these parents have kids and they actually take them to Drag Queen Story Hour. 
Yeah, but they're not busy enough, apparently. They got it too good. Or it could be they're just brainwashed. Just useful idiots. And that's all there is to them. But I'm talking about the instigators of this perversion. The thing is, if big George the Gangsta Soros donates tons of dirty money to this moral wretchedness, then that makes it appear, to the shallow anyway, as though it is cloaked in a kind of moral superiority for having the drag queen story hour to help expand the sexual and moral horizons entirely for the benefit of the children. Then they are able to surround themselves with this grand illusion of respectability and false authority, of school board approval and libraries. Then they are able to rationalize their black hearts and kind of hide it from themselves and say, Oh, I'm not really a perverted, child-molesting little a-hole who deserves life in prison, after all. I mean, look at all these progressive, well-dressed, and well-behaved city council and school board members who support me in my cause. I mean, look at this librarian here standing next to me with her hair in a tight bun and glasses on a chain and her conservative sweater and her knee-length skirt, and she does shh a lot. Shh. Who can argue with that? If she supports me, I guess that means I'm A-OK. The truth is, these drag queens are just child-molesting perverts. Child molesters. That's all they are. Nothing more to it. They deserve life in prison, at least, and maybe the death penalty for some. Now, the very idea of making me sound crazy for that mere suggestion is an integral part of their strategy. They figure... If they normalize the most insane thing that you can possibly imagine, this crap we're talking about, and at that very same moment, they can normalize the demonization of people like me for merely pointing out their evil, that's how you know when you're brainwashed. If I sound more nuts than them, then they've succeeded. Remember, this perversion is well organized by big money. And when I say big money, I mean massive, massive amounts of money. It's easy to get someone to compromise themselves for just a few thousand dollars. Just imagine what a bribe of tens of thousands of dollars can do, or hundreds of thousands of dollars, or millions of dollars for those at the top of this sick, rotten, corrupt global pyramid scam. It's all tied in, folks. George the Gangsta Soros has invested over $32 billion in bribes into this, which means he and his cronies will never, ever quit. They're too deep in with that kind of money. Are you kidding me? The only way we can win, they must be brought down and defeated forcibly, forcibly, 100%. When the whole world's on the take, it seems, evil appears omniscient. But God is good, and you, dear listener, are a part of God's plan. If you're hearing my voice, you're supposed to be a part of God's plan, not Satan's. 
Woke idiotology has a price tag attached to it. Whenever you see one of these BLM incorporated yard signs or equal sign bumper stickers, you're seeing a manifestation of the truly gullible. Only the truly stupid support these juvenile but very gangster causes. And all of them are backed up by billionaire and Chinese communist fascist money. Without it, these causes wouldn't even exist. Here's the bottom line. These globalist fascists are the mafia. They are not like the mafia. They are the mafia. And we need to start calling them that every single day. And in fact, they're far, far worse. We may not have Al Capone and Sammy the Bull and Guido and the boys running things from the back of the neighborhood deli anymore in the Bronx or Chicago, just because it seems to be more highly elevated does not mean that it's not the mafia. Just because that WEF, or World Economic Forum Nazi, Klaus Schwab, speaks with perfect enunciation with his perfect German Nazi accent, that doesn't mean that he's not a gangsta down in the gutter doing mobster things. They're all just mobsters or crooks with a lot of money. Or to be more succinct, they are a-holes with money. That's what George Soros Open Society Foundation is. It's an a-hole society. Very closed and deceitful. It has objectively proven itself to be the exact opposite of what it claims. Corruption is far more expansive today because of the affordability of technological advancements. Eavesdropping is cheap now, and so is its ugly stepsister, extortion. When it's easier to flip a switch to manipulate strangers than it is to build one's own character through a lifetime of hard work and sacrifice, then the good and God take a back seat at the back of the bus. But remember, God will not be mocked. He's in control of everything, and these Satanist woke types don't stand a chance in the hereafter unless they repent. Who's talking about any of this besides me? On a, on a, on a regular basis, I mean. No one. Just me. Mac Iverson. I'm the only one that I know of. And that, I imagine, is one of the reasons why you listen to this podcast so faithfully. And I thank you for that. Action steps. Number one. We must, must, must normalize the discussion of calling them the mafia all of the time. Not some cutesy metaphor. They're not like the mafia. They are the mafia, which makes them hardened criminals, which means we must outlaw them, take them out, and throw them in prison, and even perhaps confiscate their properties and take their fortunes and disperse them to their victims. But first, we must talk in these terms every single day and with everyone whom we know personally. Don't ever back down in conversation, folks. If you're listening to this podcast every week, you're smart enough to win conversations. And how do we know we're winning as a country? When Tucker and Charlie Kirk and Steve Bannon and Glenn Beck and all the rest start referring to these mafiosos as the mafia, and they say so consistently. 
we must first define the terms in order to win the war against the mob. Number two action step. We must absolutely destroy the global mafia. The best way to do this is to use the tried and true. The RICO Act, or the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, had a significant part in decimating the relatively small-time American urban mafia. And we could do it again, this time globally. It can be retrofitted to apply to today's global deep state mafia. If we win this war, we call the shots, including new Nuremberg trials with the severest of penalties. When the best and the brightest no longer even want to screw over the average American, then this global mafia will start to fall apart. But something important must occur first. We must regain our conscience. And that conscience is the exact opposite of George the gangsta Soros conscience. He wants to be the conscious of the world. He once said that. We must attain a certain Christ consciousness, and we don't need to convert everyone. When we hit that critical mass of some 3.5% of the population, then and only then will we celebrate a global conservative renaissance, the largest in human history. You've been listening to No PC Allowed. I am Mac Iverson. We will meet again next week and every week.